This podcast and the following message are brought to you by Coinbase. Join the most trusted place to buy and sell cryptocurrency. Coinbase supports a growing list of assets, including Bitcoin, Ethereum, and more than 50 other cryptocurrencies. Crypto stored on Coinbase's servers is covered by Coinbase's insurance policy, keeping your crypto investments safe and giving you peace of mind. Find out more and support this podcast by going to autoconverse.com slash Coinbase and get $10 free to invest when using our affiliate link. That's www.autoconverse.com forward slash Coinbase. Get our promo code and receive $10 in free cash to make your first investment today. And thank you. How does the board and Mr. Musk plan on dealing with a mass exodus, considering the acquisition is by a person with questionable ethics? You know, as Parag stated, you know, one of the themes of today is continuity. Um, and ensuring that Prague and this leadership team continues to operate the business successfully on behalf of our users, on behalf of our customers. Um, And that has obviously been a big topic of discussion at the board. And as I mentioned, an area that uh, is important to Elon Musk as well. With no board in place, who will keep Elon accountable and how? Elon made it clear in public that a large part of the reason he bought the platform was because of our moderation policies and disagreements in how we deal with health. This puts Twitter service and trust and safety, as well as anybody who cares about health on the platform, in a very difficult position. Twitter service, the role of our policies, and the capabilities we've built around content moderation are fundamental to keeping Twitter safe and growing. That was leaked audio from a Twitter staff meeting after Elon Musk's takeover of the company was formalized last week. But prior to ex-CEO Parag Agrawal and other top executives being fired by Musk on day one. Shortly after the Musk takeover, advertisers began pausing or discontinuing their ad spends on Twitter in protest, causing Musk to announce that he would be firing approximately 3,700 workers, about half of Twitter's workforce. In response, Musk now faces a lawsuit from former and existing employees. A messy first week for the new chief twit, who analysts suggest overpaid for the social media network, but who also speculate will overcome the pushback and reshuffling and turn Twitter into a public town hall, as Musk calls it, and save humanity. From Autoburst Media, this is Autoconverse. Hey, we got a good show lined up for you today. Oh, well, I'm a Game of Thrones nut, so that's, that's, that's my jam. The robots are listening. The robots are listening. All right, and welcome to this episode of the Autoconverse podcast, where we explore people, ideas, and technologies that influence how we are connected and the way we get around. I am Ryan Girardi. Great, as always, to be here with you. As I was saying, things have been a bit of a mess for Elon Musk since he took over Twitter as the CEO and sole owner the week before last. Between the firing of the entire board of directors, pending lawsuits from former employees, new qualifications for verification, and a host of other stories popping up, seemingly by the minute, it has been a hectic week for Twitter. The takeover has already convinced a number of users to deactivate their accounts and search for safer waters with new social media sites and has likely caused some people to stop posting altogether. 
In the midst of all the confusion for current and former Twitter employees and users of the site, one thing is certain, many advertisers are frightened. General Motors, one of the largest automakers in the world, already pulled the plug on advertising on the platform last week, and several other brands like Porsche, Audi, Lamborghini, and now Volkswagen ads are also all paused. Musk admitted on Friday that Twitter is taking a major financial hit from lost advertisers and accused activist groups of trying to destroy free speech. Musk tweeted, Twitter has made a massive drop in revenue due to activist groups pressuring advertisers, even though nothing has changed with content moderation, and we did everything we could to appease the activists. Musk goes on to say, this is extremely messed up. They are trying to destroy free speech in America. Pretty messy indeed, but before we continue down that path, how about some headlines? Snap and Amazon partner on AR shopping in the Snapchat app, initially for eyewear, Snap has landed a notable new partner for its augmented reality-powered virtual try-on shopping experience, with news that Amazon will now offer Snapchat users the ability to digitally try on eyewear styles from a range of popular brands. The new partnership between Amazon Fashion and the social app maker will see brands including Maui Jim, Purcell, Oakley, Ray-Ban, Costa Del Mar, and others made available for virtual try-on to Snapchat's 363 million daily active users. The launch will see dozens of new shopping lenses made available across categories like sunglasses, reading glasses, and seasonal glasses. In other tech news, the European Union has formally adopted a law requiring Apple to support USB-C chargers, a landmark law requiring Apple and other electronics makers to adopt USB-C as a universal charging standard in the European Union has cleared its final procedure hurdle after EU member states voted to approve the legislation last Monday. The new law, which is targeted at smartphones, tablets, digital cameras, portable speakers, and a wide array of other small devices, is the first of its kind anywhere in the world. It aims to streamline the number of chargers and cables consumers must contend with when they purchase a new device, and to allow users to mix and match devices and chargers, even if they were produced by different manufacturers. Apple could be among the most affected by the legislation. The iPhone maker has historically required users to charge its mobile devices using a proprietary charging connector known as Lightning. Under the new rules, Apple would be forced to migrate away from Lightning and its devices sold in the EU. And that change, which Apple is reportedly testing for iPhones, could potentially extend to devices Apple sells in other markets as well. On the automotive front, Volkswagen has announced it will be fully electric by 2033 to avert the strict emission norms. Volkswagen CEO Thomas Schaefer, in an interview with Automotive News, revealed the brand's intentions to be carbon neutral by 2033. Back in 2021, VW's head of sales, Klaus Zellmer, announced that the German carmaker would be scrapping internal combustion engine vehicles and will be selling only EVs by 2035. And now the brand is targeting to achieve that mark earlier. However, Schaefer cleared that the aim of becoming a zero emission brand applies only to the European region. 
The Volkswagen Group, which also sells electric cars from its other brands such as Audi and Porsche, witnessed a huge jump in sales of 27% in the first half of 2022 globally, delivered a total of 217,100 EVs during that period, and about 59% of the share came from units sold in Europe. Suffice to say, Volkswagen has a stronghold in its home market and aims to have a complete EV car fleet by 2033. Little commentary there, having an all-electric fleet does not mean you are a zero-carbon company. Gotta always look through the rhetoric. General Motors and Trimble recently reached a significant milestone in the hands-free driving world, more than 34 million miles driven with super crews engaged on GM vehicles. The companies teamed up to develop a reliable way to maintain in-lane positioning for hands-free driving, putting safety top of mind using Trimble's precise GPS technology. The companies tout the technology as being able to keep vehicles in their lane position in a variety of environments, including rain, snow, fog, and more. GM calls Super Cruise the first true fully hands-free driver assistance system, but cautions users to always pay attention while driving and when using Super Cruise. Do not use a handheld device. Super Cruise with Trimble RTX, that's real-time extended, technology was first introduced in 2017 on the model year 2018 Cadillac CTX. All right, let's make a transition onto the energy front. Enel X, Way, and Sunrun have partnered to offer smart home charging stations. In an article last week on chargedevs.com, the author says that EVs and solar panels are like beer and peanuts. Consuming one creates an appetite for the other. Sunrun, one of the largest home solar energy providers in the United States, has recently announced partnerships with several companies in the EV space, including Ford, GM, and now charger manufacturer Enel X-Way, a subsidiary of the Enel Group. Enel X-Way will supply smart Level 2 charging stations for Sunrun's recently launched charger offering. The new co-branded home EV chargers are designed to work seamlessly with Sunrun's home solar solutions, using automated off-peak charging to deliver cost savings to EV owners. The co-branded chargers are available today in select markets, including California, New Jersey, and Vermont, and are expected to be available nationwide by the beginning of 2023. They will be sold as an optional add-on for bundling with a Sunrun Home Energy Solar Plus battery system. Let me comment on this. I think this is phenomenal. When we talk about electric vehicles being zero-carbon emissions, what's always glossed over is the fact that you the electricity that you use to charge your electric vehicles has to come from somewhere. And so while the car itself might be zero emissions, you're still getting the electricity from somewhere and that electricity is not necessarily carbon emission free. And what better way to flip the script, if you will, than to have solar energy uh, providing that electricity. Now, technically when you install solar energy on your home, which you're going to hear more and more about here through our partnership with Apricot Solar. But when you charge your energy at home, what technically happens is you're taking that solar energy and sending it into the grid to the utility company. Now, the utility company is sourcing energy from many different sources. They're getting it from nuclear, from fossil fuels, from wind, and from solar. And then you actually get credits that come back to you to charge to power your home. So I would say if you have an electric vehicle, you definitely want to get solar energy. 
because you're literally eliminating your energy costs by charging your vehicle at home because that power is coming from the sun. So great partnership there. In addition to that, Sunrun last week also said it has been selected to develop a 17 megawatt energy storage virtual power plant in Puerto Rico. The award from Puerto Rico's electric utility provider, Puerto Rico Electric Power Authority, is set to create the first distributed large-scale storage scheme on the island. The initiative is part of a nationwide effort to rebuild the electricity network after Hurricane Maria devastated it in September of 2017. And Sunrun, which has been operating Puerto Rico since 2018, will launch a 10-year program that will see it aggregate more than 7,000 units of its residential solar plus battery storage systems. And during the following year, the U.S. firm will enroll customers into the scheme and start network dispatches in 2024. The plan is expected to reduce energy costs for consumers and help lower pollution. And by taking part in the initiative, customers will be able to achieve cost savings from power generation, rely on backup during outages, and receive compensation for sharing the power with the grid. And remember that infrastructure bill that was passed last year by the Biden administration? Well, General Motors has now secured a $200 million grant funding from the U.S. Department of Energy. Microvast, a subsidiary of Microvast Holdings, was selected by the U.S. Department of Energy in collaboration with General Motors to receive the grant. The grant is part of the first set of projects funded by President Biden's bipartisan infrastructure law. Out of the 200 companies applied for $2.8 billion in Department of Energy grant funding, 20 companies were awarded grants. The grant will enable Microvast to accelerate its plans to onshore critical battery component manufacturing processes, including mass production of a patented polyaramid separator technology. The grant, and more than $300 million investment from the companies, is expected to support the construction of a new separator manufacturing facility in the United States. Microvast expects a new separator facility to supply battery components to existing battery cell manufacturing facility in Tennessee, as well as other customers. The separator is a thin, insulating film between a cathode and an anode, preventing thermal runaway while still allowing for ion transfer. How's that for geeky? Honda has unveiled a CI-powered micro-mobility technology that utilizes Honda's cooperative intelligence, Honda's original AI that enables mutual understanding between machines and people. Honda also introduced core technologies adopted from the Honda CI micromobility machines, announced plans to begin technology demonstration testing using Honda CI micromobility machines in two locations in Japan. Now, Honda's been working on the development of CI-powered micromobility technologies with the aim to realize a society where each and every person can enjoy the joy and freedom of mobility. To this end, Honda is trying to make the mobility of people and things ubiquitous, whenever, wherever, to any destinations, collision-free and stress-free. In this development, Honda has established two core technologies. The mapless cooperative driving technology, which enables the micromobility machine to self-drive while recognizing its surroundings without relying on high-precision maps, 
and the user intention understanding and communication technology, which enables the micromobility machine to perform human-like communication with dialogues and gestures. And now Honda is ready to conduct real-world technology verification through technology demonstration, testing of its micromobility machines that utilize these core technologies. Further down the road, Honda will continue advancing its CI-powered micromobility technologies while expanding the area where the technology demonstration testing will be conducted. Honda's aim is to put these technologies into practical applications by around 2030 and introduce Honda CI micromobility products, which will simultaneously realize both the advancement of mobility in people's daily lives and the realization of zero traffic collisions. I know that's a lot of tech speak, but basically... Honda has developed cooperative intelligence. That's what CI is. Micromobility are just different machines, you know, like scooters and, you know, things like Segways and uh, tiny shuttle cars and whatnot. What the company's doing is, is developing these technologies so that the human interaction with them, which is powered by artificial intelligence, would be akin to having someone in the car that you can talk to as well. You might remember a few months back, we played a video for you promoting Saudi Arabia's new uh, 105-mile-long city that emphasizes an integration with nature while trapping humans inside of a pair of mirrors called the line. Well, Saudi Arabia has broken ground on this massive sci-fi mega city. The line caught headlines for its sleek and arguably unnecessary approach to a city Featuring a mirrored exterior that contains a completely self-contained city that is 546 yards tall, 218 yards wide, and as I said, 105 miles long. And while the knee-jerk reaction was rampant skepticism over when and how this monstrosity would ever get off the ground, well, new footage from Saudi Arabia confirms that the line is officially a work in progress. Remember the Hyperloop, Elon Musk's project with SpaceX that would zip people around quickly and cheaply underground? Well, a test site for Hyperloop technology has been dismantled and is destined to become a parking lot for SpaceX employees in Hawthorne, California. The tunnel, which was reportedly decommissioned earlier this year, hosted tests of the still unproven technology, which Musk's The Boring Company said would move people underground in electric pods at more than 600 miles an hour. Those speeds could get someone from Washington, D.C. to New York City in 30 minutes. Musk has been talking about the promise of Hyperloop since a white paper in 2013. At an event in Hawthorne in 2018, Musk suggested Hyperloop would move people around Los Angeles at speeds of 150 miles per hour for only a dollar per trip. Neither the Los Angeles Hyperloop nor a faster long-range version have been brought to fruition, although the Boring Company's website does still feature Hyperloop. In April, the Boring Company said on Twitter it would begin testing Hyperloop at full scale sometime this year. Well, as of now, that seems to be gone. No more Hyperloop in development. It is now a parking lot. Coming up. That's why I regret buying solar panels in America. Hi there. In case you live in the U.S. and are looking to buy solar panels, I have something really important to tell you. You shouldn't. You should not buy solar panels in case you have a home in the U.S. And if you're wondering why, it's because right now, you can actually have the U.S. government buy solar panels for you. No, 
I'm not joking. Our government recently released a special solar stimulus program. And with the goal to help stop global warming, Americans will be able to get a complete solar system from our government at absolutely no net cost. And that way, go solar with little to no investment whatsoever. All you need to do is simply click the button below this video to take a quick survey our government provided and by the end you'll be qualified. So please, don't spend your own money on solar panels like I did and click the button below this video now to qualify for this special program and have the U.S. government buy solar panels for you. The following wellness tip is brought to you by Ask Auto. Hey dad, are you still looking for a car? Did you know that when you click on car ads, dealers pay for every click? But shouldn't you get paid? After all, you're the one clicking. That's why I use Ask Auto. With Ask Auto, you build rewards as you shop. Plus, Ask Auto recommends exclusive offers based on your needs. You can ask questions on cars you like and still protect your personal information. You can even set your price. Who knew car shopping could be so easy and rewarding? Ask Auto, fast, fun, and rewarding car shopping. There's no such thing as good or bad posture. There is such a thing as being in a posture for too long, which could be bad for you. So that usual posture of us rounded head forward, if you're staying in that posture for a long period of time, that is bad for you, but the posture itself is not inherently bad or good. Um, so that's just to get people out of that mindset. The three tips I have for posture today are gonna be more based around general movement than here's a really specific exercise that you can do. The first actual tip, the best thing you can do for your posture is just get up and move and take frequent movement breaks, right? The question always is how frequent and about 20 minutes is the ideal. Getting up every 20 minutes and moving is pretty much impossible for most people. So start with every hour. The second part of that is, well, now that you got up, what do you do? Your body doesn't know the difference between an exercise and going to get a glass of water. Mm. It's movement. So as long as you move in a variety of ways. And the last part is gonna be really kind of out of left field here, and that's the 20-20-20 rule. So the 20-20-20 rule states that about every 20 minutes, going back to the taking a break, you should look at a distance of 20 plus feet for 20 seconds. So 20-20-20. Now this is actually for the muscles of your eyes. We look at our computers, our phones, books, food, all of it is within arm's reach. Mm -hmm. So everything is up close. Allowing those muscles to relax by looking further away gives you that reprieve so you're not having that eye fatigue and eye strain that people get for months and years of office work. That was Stefan Zavalin from B2B Hour on Auto Conversion, our company blog and website. Not to be confused with autoconverse.com, our mobility tech and connectivity blog and podcast that you're listening to right now. Stefan consults on the use of physical movement and work environment to reduce stress and chronic discomfort and promote healthier workplace habits to improve longevity. You can visit him on the web at www.stefanzavalin.com. That's S-T-E-F-A-N-Z-A-V-A-L-I-N. Hey folks, before we continue, I'd like to take a moment to thank one of our sponsors, Apricot Solar. As a listener of this podcast, 
you hear me talking about rising demand for electricity. And with an increase in demand, you can count on price increases. One way to combat this price hike is with energy independence by producing your own electricity. And one of the best ways to produce your own electricity at home is with solar energy. But not just any home solar energy system. The best way to go is with Apricot Solar. We experience the benefits of solar daily. They are real and undeniable. And even though it's been decades since its invention, there's still a lot of misinformation surrounding solar energy. As an example, the clip you heard me play earlier about solar costing you nothing was from a TikTok channel, and it is misleading. Apricot is here to change that. And that is why Apricot Solar wants homeowners to experience just how affordable and logical solar can be. From custom solutions to installation to financing, Apricot is your leading full-service solar provider. And we currently serve customers in almost every state, including but not limited to California, Nevada, Arizona, Texas, Florida, Colorado, Utah, Illinois, Pennsylvania, and many others. Together with homeowners, Apricot is working to make this clean energy source mainstream, saving you big dollars in the process. We believe the time is finally here to do energy differently. We have to be smarter. There is a better way, and more and more people are understanding that it is right in front of us. At Apricot, solar is finally simple. We want your solar switch to be as smooth and seamless as possible. We are here to answer your questions, and a visit to your home is how we set a plan that makes the most sense for you and your family. You do not get just solar panels. With Apricot, you receive a complete net zero home system with service to match. Every component is designed to work together perfectly, from those first rays of sunlight hitting your roof to flicking on your light switch. Find out more by going to autoconverse.com forward slash solar or text the keyword solar to 855-766-7585 and get started today. You will be glad that you did. Okay, so to close out today's episode, I'm going to play you something a bit unusual. But the more I think about it, the more I believe this story is metaphorical in a way to the future of this podcast. Energy and sustainability are quickly becoming regular topics here on the podcast. What began with coverage on the development of battery electric vehicles has led to things such as the true impact of BEVs on the environment which is harmful to say the least when you think about how we obtain the resources necessary for electric batteries for cars, such as mining for lithium and nickel and cobalt. Now we are shifting focus to recycling of these natural resources and renewable energies such as solar, wind, and hydropower. In this story, we have a chemical that is sprayed on tires to protect them from ozone erosion, but that is also getting into the water system and killing off the salmon. When we hear the word roadkill, we typically think of animals that are killed on the road by a vehicle. But in the state of Washington, there is an alarming number of salmon being killed by 6-PPD quinone, which is used to weatherize car tires. The chemical is widely used to protect tires from ozone. 6-PPD is like a preservative for tires. It's like how food preservatives keep from spoiling food too quickly. 6-PPD helps tires last longer by protecting them from the ground-level ozone, and the toxicant leaches out of the particles that tires shed onto the roads and then into streams and rivers. And even small doses of this chemicals are now being linked to the 
to the killing of salmon. In Kitsap County, which is right outside of Seattle, salmon is a keystone species and protecting them is, of course, vital. The keystone species is, in simple terms, one that is critical to the survival of other species. Salmon, obviously, is is an important source of food for people. Seabirds, bears, and the majestic orca whale all rely on salmon for nourishment. And when salmon die after spawning, their carcasses provide nutrients and organic matter back into the ecosystem. Salmon are anadromous, meaning they are born in freshwater but spend most of their lives in saltwater. And after spending the early part of their lives in freshwater, salmon began their seaward migration. Between October and December, Kitsap residents can watch salmon return to spawn. And you can see salmon swimming upstream. You can see females digging their nest and males fighting with each other. It's actually a fascinating natural process to witness. So salmon are worth protecting, but our automobiles are dumping the six PPD quinone into the storm drains, getting into the creeks and waterways. Now, to be fair, the Tire Manufacturers Association website says that tires today are more durable than ever before, which means less tread rubbing off into the roadways and creeks. So here we have our friend Mike Columbus explaining the situation for us and offering some simple steps that we can all take to help keep pollutants like oil and heavy metals and soaps out of creeks and streams and rivers. So I used your article to kind of lay up what's going on. Did I, is there more to the story that I, that you, that you want to fill in uh, on the subject? Just a little bit. Um, I'm from the East coast, as you know, and most of our road work on the East coast is infrastructure rebuilding. So I'm used to seeing roads rebuilt, bridges rebuilt because they haven't been um, rebuilt in 40, 50, 60 years sometimes. So coming out to Washington, it was a little different for me to see all this road and bridge uh, rebuilding going on and then learning to find out that this was uh, to protect the salmon here in Washington. So a little bit of uh, diving into that. And I discovered that the salmon is an important species here in Washington, not just for the, uh, the salmon industry, but for many other species as well who thrive off of uh, the salmon here in the creeks in Washington. Then I began to learn of of this growing problem that these bridges that were being rebuilt wasn't having an effect on the lifespan of the salmon. And then uh, a couple of years ago, scientists began to notice that when it rained, more and more of the salmon were dying. So what was the correlation between the rain and the death of thousands of salmon here in our creeks and streams in Washington? So that's what led up to all this. And there's a, a $50 million bridge rebuild project about a mile away from our dealership that's uh, undergoing construction. So there was some uh, local reasons why I wanted to dive into this and see what was going on. It sounds to me, from what you explained, this is a a newer uh, revelation just over the last, what, two to three years? About maybe, two years, maybe... yeah. 20, 2020, um, some scientists dis- finally discovered what it was in that was killing the the salmon originally started with 20, uh, 2000 different chemicals that they thought were coming off this storm water that were going into the creeks. And they narrowed it down to about 200 chemicals. And then finally they discovered that one chemical that you mentioned earlier, that was causing the problem. That's the six PPD quinone. Uh And that's probably like a spray they put on tires. Yes. Uh, It's a coating that goes on the tires to protect them from the ozone and breaking down. A preservative, okay. much like you described earlier. Yeah, yeah. 
So now I'm curious, you're saying when you, when it rained, which from, from, from in Seattle is quite often, I mean, it right. rains many days a week, right? Typically. Yeah. Uh, in the winter time. Yes. Okay. Quite often. And you're saying they immediately would see an uptick in salmon dying or yeah, is so it more like imme- a delay? immediately the, the fish would begin swimming in circles. They would begin turning to their side, to their left or their right sides and floating just an abnormal behavior. And then almost immediately die thereafter. Okay. So there was a definite correlation between the stormwater uh, runoff and the death of these salmon. Mm -hmm. What was alarming was that they were building, uh, rebuilding the infrastructure with bridges and roads to protect the salmon. And it was having a reverse effect on their lifespan. Okay. So they were rebuilding the bridges and roads unaware that it was chemicals. They thought maybe they were, how are they rebuilding the infrastructure to protect the salmon? What well, the there? salmon weren't able to f- swim upstream to spawn and and uh, to carry on going from saltwater to freshwater. So they were trying to help them get where they need to be. Correct. But that didn't solve. That's not solving the problem. There was they were still dying off. Correct. Yeah. You know, there's a. I was reading up about undeniable uptick in many different diseases, such as autism and Alzheimer's that started, I want to say like in the early nineties, late eighties, early nineties, they're just like, suddenly these diseases started becoming, you know, more widespread and they've actually got it traced to ready for this chemicals in the food supply. Yeah. After world war two, uh, chemicals started being introduced into the U S food supply. And after a few decades of that, there was a sudden, you know, uptick in all these strange diseases. So, I mean, what you're talking about here is directly related to the same, to the same problem is you got exactly chemicals that are being ingested and cause these fish to go nuts and die. Right. So, and it's such a minute amount of this chemical that's killing the fish. So if such a minute amount of this chemical is toxic, what's it doing to humans? And a recent report in the New York times was discussing uh, the fact that a lot of the tires that are recycled are used to produce AstroTurf. And who's the largest consumer of AstroTurf? It's the NFL and, NFL. and sports. So mm-hmm. uh, could this be causing some of the some of the problems that we're seeing now with athletes uh, who are professional football players? Yeah. What kind of problems you mean, are you referring to? Well, t- just uh, could this chemical be causing neurological problems with, with uh, football players? Mm-hmm. So that's where the research is heading with this. Yeah. I mean, this all points back to we got if we don't know what we're putting in our body. <laughs> right. And we don't know the lo- long term ramifications. This is the problem we see all the time with the FDA is they're like, oh, everything's cool. Go ahead. And then, you know, 30, 50 years later, they come back. like, Oh, this is, a, you know, you know, cigarettes are bad for you. I mean, we're, ha- we're having the problem with sugar now in in our foods. Right. Most of our foods that we buy that are manufactured are full and pumped of sodium and sugar to the point where it's, it's killing us right. and, and it's all legalized. Okay. So what's, what's happening now, now that they're the, now that the, I guess they know what the problem is, where does, where does the Seattle area go from here? Well, more research is definitely necessary. Uh, as you can see in my article, the, um, the National Institute for Automobile Tires had a comment that they didn't think they were responsible much for this problem, but there'll be more investigation into to what's being done 
um, we can do some things ourselves with regard to our tires. I'm sure we're not going to stop buying tires or driving our automobiles, but we can make sure the pressure is the right, right amount of pressure. So there's less rubber on the road. We can check for leaks in our cars, which is causing some problems here in the streams as, as uh, well as the third point I have in my article to uh, use commercial car washes, which recycle water. So more that we can recycle water, the better we're going to be. And when you say leaks in the cars, are you ref- what are you referring to in the tires? In the tires, because uh, underinflated tires certainly going to have more rubber on the road, which is going to cause more of the toxins to go uh, into the streams. And believe me, Ryan, I'm not an environmentalist, and I didn't jump on this bandwagon because of uh, of uh, any strong environmental reasons. But just to see the the money that's going in to protect the salmon piqued my interest. And then when I discovered such a minute amount of this chemicals, what's killing thousands of thousands of fish, and we can do our part and just maintain our vehicles properly and and perhaps save some of the lives of, of salmon, which is going to uh, save the lives of other species here in Washington state. Well, I was about, that was where I was going next is, is it, you know, is it really just the salmon that's being affected by this? And the, it's, it's probably other Uh, We have bears that that eat the salmon and and thrive on on the the salmon that are going upstream. The orcas here in Washington state uh, survive on the the salmon population. So it's it's an important part of our uh, our environment here in Washington. Yeah, it absolutely is. Well, this is great. I appreciate you bringing awareness to this. You know, one of the focuses we are really shifting towards on the show and the podcast uh, is I refer to as energy and sustainability uh, and, and, you know, food supply falls right into that and uh, any sort of pollutant or contaminant uh, in the, in the environment certainly falls into that. So uh, this is, um, you know, this is a very early in the, this is very early in the, in the development, something like this could take a good five to 10 years really to get, you know, for, right. For, this uh, is a recent discovery of what's, what's yeah. causing the, death of our salmon yeah very much so well great mike great to see you again mike columbus folks uh auto sales pro in the seattle based area and you can visit him on the web at mikecolumbus.com and i think we'll have that article uh up there that you wrote probably by the end of this week we'll have that article up for you thanks Ryan. All right, that is a wrap. Hey, thanks again for tuning in. Remember to text the keyword AutoConverse to 855-766-7585 if you're not already opted in to receive text messages from us. We'll send you a link to get subscribed to our YouTube channel. The reason you want to do that is we have a live show every month, and that serves as the primary recording session for for these conversations that you hear in the podcast. So we'll send you a link to get subscribed to our YouTube channel. We'll also send you a link to get subscribed to the podcast, which you can do right now uh, on your podcast app. And be sure also to text the keyword SOLAR to the same number, 855-76-7585. We'll send you a link to a video you can watch about our new partnership with Apricot Solar and how you can take advantage of solarizing your home with minimal to no cost thanks in part to government subsidies. On a final note, Carvana, the online used car retailer that surged during the pandemic, 
has suffered its worst day ever last week on Friday and closed last week near its all-time low. Carvana's plunge of more than 95% this year makes it a prime example of COVID darlings that were caught flat-footed when the macroeconomic environment deteriorated and pandemic trends like huge demand for used cars snapped back to normal. As for Dogecoin, the cryptocurrency spiked up last week to almost 14 cents per coin. Today, as we go into production, the coin remains up practically 100% from two weeks ago. Can you say to the moon? And one final reminder, much of the information we share here on the podcast does come from Morning Brew, the free business newsletter landing in your inbox every morning. Get the daily email that makes reading the news actually enjoyable and support this podcast by using our referral link in the show notes or simply go to autoconverse.com forward slash brew and sign up using our link. Stay informed and be entertained for free with Morning Brew. Take care, everyone. Ciao. This is Autoburst Media.